but I think it's going to get to the point where it's going to be easier to make things that look and sound good. Now, where I think it's still not going to be the like the just put in a prompt and you're going to get it is I think we're going to have to still work for good quality information, good quality instruction. You're still going to have to think about how we do that and go about it. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce, host of the Visual Lounge. And today we are going to be talking about the future of video. Now, this last week, just for context, and this is going to be played sometime in the future. So a little while ago for if you're listening now, I was able to give a presentation about what I thought was going to happen in the future with video. Now, that's actually way less interesting than what happened. So I went out to LinkedIn. I actually asked the question of many of my peers. I tagged some of them, and of course, they responded, and many other people joined in to the point of about 100 different responses. Now, some of that's conversational, and so, you know, we'll say 75 good thoughts about the future of video. Now, I'm not going to cover all 75, but I do want to talk about some of the themes, some of the trends, because I think as we talk on the Visual Lounge, we talk a lot about using images, we talk a lot about using video, and we talk about it in the workplace, but the workplace, as you probably are experiencing, is changing. You may have experienced the shift from, you know, working fully in an office like I did to working at home fully to now a mix where I'm in the office a little bit, but I'm working at home still. Some of you may be back full time in the office. Some of you may be planning to never go back in the office. And in that environment and many of the other things that are shifting around us, the way that video is going to impact us, I think, could change. I also think the way we go about creating video, the way we think about video, the way we use video in general and it, it impacts us is just going to change. The future is a blank slate, as I said at the end of this presentation I was giving, and that we, you and me, we get to create it. We get to be part of it. You know, I, I look back in my career and when I started making tutorial videos full-time for TechSmith 2006, the world was very different. We made videos that were an aspect ratio of four by three. Now all videos pretty much are either 16 by nine and we see the great shift going to nine by 16 or vertical videos that looks like your phone for, you know, uh, the purposes of TikTok or Instagram Reels or YouTube Shorts. That was just a reality. So things have already shifted. We also used to have to really compress our file size, make sure that it was going to be so, uh, a certain size so that we wouldn't go like over four megabytes. I have not made a mega, uh, four megabyte size video in a long time, and neither have you. You probably are putting it on YouTube, you're probably putting it someplace else, and you're not even too worried about file size. Some people are, but not so much. So we can see that there's been this great shift that has happened. And we just want to be prepared for the next great shift. So I want to go through some of the things that people said at a high level. Um, if you want the post, I'll link to it in the show notes. You can, you can go look on LinkedIn, read everything that everybody had to say, because there's really some thoughtful, future thinking kind of ideas. And I hope this is interesting. I hope it's helpful for you that as, as you move forward in your use of images and videos, particularly videos in the workplace, you're starting to pay attention like, what am I going to have to learn? What am I going to have to know? What's going to change? And I think for the most part, it's probably going to get somewhat easier. Like everyone's, you know, I think there's a commoditization. Everyone can make video now, right? But I think it's going to get to the point where it's going to be easier 
to make things that look and sound good. Now, where I think it's still not going to be the like the just put in a prompt and you're going to get it is I think we're going to have to still work for good quality information, good quality instruction. You're still going to have to think about how we do that and go about it. So uh, one of the big trends and no shocker to anyone who's listened to our podcast or who's been just kind of watching what's going on right now in technology, lots and lots of ideas about AI. Now, obviously, there is a lot of questions about AI. What's it going to be like? How's it going to evolve? Is it going to take my job? Is it going to you know, rise up as Skynet and overtake the world? We don't know where AI is going to take us, but we can already see that there's opportunities to supplement. We had Josh Cavalier on the show a little while ago. He talked about this, like we can use it to help us with our scripts, with our storyboards. We can use it to help maybe assess what's inside of our content and pull that out so that it can, you know, we can get summaries, we can get timestamps, we can get quotes, we can get whatever we need. So there's lots of things that are going to happen in the AI realm. You know, maybe it's full generated video. That's, I think, a little bit off still. Um, you know, maybe that's the using of the voice, AI generated voice to be able to uh, replace a voiceover so you don't have to say it yourself. You can just write the script and then produce it. A lot on, you know, translation, a lot of on, you know, making it so that's enhancing the videos, background music. So you don't have to let's talk. Let's talk about it for a second. You, we know the pain of choosing the right track, right? Even if you've got a great selection of libraries, such as the TechSmith Asset Library, right? Tons of great audio tracks out there. It's finding the right one that goes with what you're trying to say. It fills the right kind of niche for the mood and it's got the right tempo, the right beat, you know, like all that stuff's got to come together and that takes time. Will AI make that easier? Probably. I don't know what it will take, whether it will be prompts or other things that we maybe just need to you know, hum something, it'll kind of generate some, who, who knows where we're going to go. But AI was obviously a huge focus for a lot of the comments. And I think one that is realistic, right? AI is coming. It is, we're seeing it already impact things that people are doing. Um, I think it's just to be aware, like, and, you know, there's the quote going around that it's not AI will take your job. It's those who don't use AI will lose their job or those who have AI knowledge and how to use it well will be obviously better off. And, and again, I know there's controversy around there. I know there's things people are not liking about AI and generative AI and where it's getting its content from. But the future of video is going to include some version of it. And it might be that you're already using some and you don't know. And we might not call it AI. We might call it machine learning. Or we might have some other term for it that is similar in it because it's not the truly artificial intelligence but it is learning and it's doing stuff and helping to get better based on the information that has been fed to it. So I think some of the other things that, uh, and this might be AI related or might not, but I, a couple that I liked that were mentioned were the idea of dynamic learning, right? That our videos will be able to adjust based on the need. And I don't know what that will look like and how hard that will be to develop, but imagine uh, you're going to learn a piece of software. Let's say you're going to learn Camtasia and you're on an a version that's one version older and you're trying to do something and there's a tutorial that's like, Hey, how to add a call out. And somehow that's different than it was uh, in the previous version. Maybe it will adjust or maybe it would just be easy to show you that version based on what it knows about you. So dynamic learning, dynamic content would be uh, really interesting. 
So another idea that I think is in here is uh, we've got things like changing ideas to be able to enhance accessibility to captions, audio descriptions, transcription functionality. All that is, most of that's uh, pretty manual right now. Transcripts obviously can feed it into tools like Audiate, get you a full transcript. But imagine that it, the system will also know what's going on and be able to describe that to someone who doesn't have sight or isn't able to see clearly what is going on. Or, or maybe it's just enhancing it so that you can understand it better. Like maybe in your narration, you said something like, oh, click here. But what's here? Is that the, the start button, the record button, whatever it might be, right? Maybe it describes that. I also imagine that gets into, again, dynamic re replacing some pieces of your content as needed to, to make it easy for updates. Uh, a lot of conversation around interactivity. And, you know, I don't think we're so far from being able, we can have interactive video now. But I think what would make it really interesting as soon as that becomes much, much more dynamic. So again, this generative idea that interactivity, you know, right now I have to go out and I'd have to create all the pieces, even a, a let's say a choose your own adventure styled video, come to a choice. There's two choices, A or B. So now I have to create all whatever the A path is. And I also have to create all the video for the B path. And even if B path is the kind of dead end and it's shortcut, it's like, oh, you're going to go. I still have to create that path. And then you get to, to the next option. It's like A or B again, and again, and again, and again. And it just becomes a lot. But if we could, the future video could generate these cool opportunities that might be really interesting. Um, and, you know, something that we can start playing with now is like, how do we, how would we formulate that? What would be the benefits of that? What would be the opportunity for our audiences if they got to make some choices and our content was adjusting based on their choices? You could see where that could be. That could be really powerful. All right. So uh, someone mentioned here in the comments that user-generated content. We already actually see this rising user-generated content. And this is something I talked about in this presentation I mentioned at the beginning. I think the key is to think about we've been on this trajectory for user-generated content to really rise. 2005, YouTube launches, right? So we start to see it takes a little while for it really gets super popular, but it gets there. And all of a sudden we see you know, billions of hours of video on YouTube. Uh, it just so much content being uploaded there all the time. But then we also start to see, you know, Facebook comes into play. We see Instagram now. We've got tons of images. 11% of Instagram is video. So all of a sudden, we got this rise of user-generated content. Now, a lot of that is either entertainment content or kind of like that connectivity, you know, like family. I'm just sharing this thing. But interestingly enough, YouTube is the second largest, their second largest category, if I can correct myself there, the second largest category on YouTube is how-to content, learning content, which we talk a lot about on the show, which means there's not only is there a voracious appetite because people want to be putting stuff out there if they didn't think they were going to watch it. But we also know that we've probably all had experiences where we've watched user-generated content to do something, whether it's to fix something in our homes our cars, to learn how to do something on our computers, whatever it might be. User-generated content is here and it is growing. And with the rise of things like TikTok with 1 billion active monthly users, the opportunity to create user-generated content to have it be meaningful is really powerful. And the, I think the thing that happens in that 
that makes it really powerful is that it is often self-driven learning. It is not that uh, as an employer, I've been, or my employer has asked me to go and do that, but I've gone out and searched for the information. I've gone out to learn purposely because I want to know something and I want to seek out that information. And it's not just all the short content, right? It is also a, a variety of long form content. And it, in a study by TechSmith, a video viewer study, we'll link to that in the show notes as well. One of the things that we see with video link and preferences for video link, it really depends on what the learner or the viewer wants to do. If they're compelled, they want that video as short as possible. But if it's something that they're really interested in digging into, they want to know more about, they're willing to go longer, 20, 40, even 60 minutes to get that information. And the difference there is that motivation, right? When I'm compelled or forced or, you know, it's compliance, I have to do it. Just get me through it. But when it's a genuine interest, yeah, I'm going to watch more. So the benefit there is that you really want to be able to make sure that you think about user-generated content is like, what is it that people want to learn about? And can they help create some of that content? Now, I'm not saying that's for every situation. Obviously, we want to make sure information is accurate in your, or if it's for your organization, for your business, whatever it might be. But in that, think about the power of this, you know, whether it's the rising generation or the people that you already work with, they are learning to create video on an ongoing active basis. Now, they may not be schooled in the things that you want them to be schooled in terms of marketing, calls to action, or instructional design, or whatever it might be. But they're learning those basic skill sets of telling a story, conveying information. And the thing that they're really interested in is the outcome. Did someone watch it? Did they stick with it? Did they click through to their next video? Because that's what they're rewarded by. YouTube rewards those people who have lots of views and lots of people watch their stuff. And there's those people are that are watching or staying on YouTube. Of course, YouTube's going to reward them. That benefits YouTube. But because as creators, that also benefits the creator because then YouTube's like, yeah, you're good. I'm going to promote your stuff. That means they're learning to really care about the things that keep people watching. Now, that may be different than the things that keep people, help people to learn or learn in a proper way or a good way. But I think we're going to see in user-generated content that gap is going to get smaller and smaller because good learning and good outcomes are going to come together. And the people that do that well in user-generated content platforms are going to be very successful. Okay, some other things here. I mean, there were some silly things in here. I say silly, but obviously a future coming if we have colonies on Mars, the moon, and Earth. Of course, we want video conferences to be able to take place. Can you imagine the commute for that one? That would be tough. Um, someone suggested more virtual uh, backgrounds and digitalized effects, of course. You know, we've seen Zoom really take a step forward during the pandemic. We got to all remove our digital backgrounds. I think one of the other things here, though, like as we talk about these digital effects, uh, sure, I think we're going to see more cool things. We, you know, I don't know that I want in my video productions, uh, Snapchat filters for my face or anything like that. You could do it. Absolutely could do it. But I think one of the, the, the kind of serious things here is that with the rise of AI, with digitization and more kind of effects and uh, kind of pizzazz that you could add to your videos, one of the things that's going to really matter, especially in the world where we, if you have an avatar and it's not really someone real speaking, 
that humanization, personalization, being real, being an actual person with flaws and faults, and you stumble, you say, um, you say, ah, you, you know, you make those mistakes, but also there's life in the eyes. You know, it's not just a, a robot. Those things are going to become really, really important. And that authenticity, that realness is going to set apart many organizations because it's, it's going to be cheaper to have a robot do all this. And I, by robot, I mean a digital avatar, a digital voice. Um, you know, you may digitize the things that it's going to show, like pictures, right? Uh, AI pictures. Um, but I think in the long run, we're still going to crave person-to-person connection. We're going to want to hear from people that we know or that we trust, that we build trust with. And I think that's going to be a competitive advantage. Now, there's no doubt there's reasons to do those other things. As a software company, I can tell you there's good reason to make those videos using those tools because it's easier to update. We can give you more information probably faster and can make sure it's always up to date. Whereas when you involve a human, it takes time. Uh, obviously, it takes time for the computer to, to do all that work. And, and ideally, someone's checking it. But there's a difference there, right? It might take a couple hours eventually in the future versus my couple days. And there's real benefit. We want to get that those how-to information. But when it comes to that creativity or when it comes to connection, what I hope is that's what you're getting here as well, that together we're, we're thinking about the collective, but you, you know, I'm, I'm a real person. I make lots of mistakes. I say things wrong. I, I, I try my best to be authentic to you and share what I know and, and be giving. And in the future, what I think is that's going to have value. And that's something that the computer, the AI, the future landscape, whatever it looks like, can't replace. It can't replace you. It can replace maybe your image. It could probably replace your voice. We see some of those tools rising right now where you can, it's expensive, but you could train it, the computer to have your voice. So you can do those things. But what we really want, I think, in the long run is going to be the connection. And I don't think that has to be an in-person, in-the-office connection. When we talk about hybrid work, yes, I think there's always good value for being together. I love, that's one of the reasons I love going to events. I love going to conferences is because I get to look people in the eye. I get to shake their hand if they're, okay, shaking hands. I get to talk with them and hear the real struggles. I get to hear the frustrations. I get to hear the excitement when they tell me that they love the products that I work with. I love hearing those things, of course. I love hearing, I mean, I don't love hearing problems, but I love hearing those things when people are struggling with something. So hopefully I can fix it for them. Now, there's value in that, I think, but this video is a powerful medium and it's been a powerful medium. It's a way to connect in in ways that like asynchronously, I can be here, you can be wherever you are and whatever time you're in, in the future watching this. And I hope, I really hope that the future brings us this connection and allows us to, to be connected, that you get to feel like you know me a little bit. And then, you know, on the flip side, that as you share with me or, you know, comment or like or whatever, I get to know you a little bit too. And that's, you know, that again, that's one of the reasons I like going out. I get like to know who the audience is. I like to talk with you. 
But in the short term, I can hopefully share more information. And I think that's going to be the future, right? Like we're going to trade in a currency of authenticity and that currency is valuable and it can't be fake necessarily. Now, of course, a lot of people can do a lot of things to make it seem real or seem like they are who they are, but then they're not really that person. Sure. But I don't think we're talking about that. We're talking about that real kind of like, yes, I feel connected to this person. And, you know, we've seen this in movie and television for a long time. You might watch a TV show and say, I really feel connected to that person. I feel like we could be friends. I like what they're saying. Uh, for And this could be for good or bad. We see that in the the media today, right? Some people are connected to stuff and it's like, oh my gosh, how are they connected to that? But they are, they feel that kinship. They feel that relationship that we're on the same page. And I hope, again, I hope that the future brings, uh, despite all the tools, despite all the technology enhancements, all the things that it can do, what I hope is that video becomes a medium, not just of those things, but of one that we are connected that the world is connected and that we can use it in a way that is authentic and that is for the good. Because obviously we could crank out video all day long that's informative, instructive, and just have it fall flat. Um, I, I think, again, I think there's place, time and fit for those things to happen because I think it's, uh, it's going to be a time saver. It's going to be a money saver. But I don't think everything can be that way. Because despite... The idea is that, uh, you know, obviously faceless corporations, I think they're going to need to connect. And I think that we see some of that now, but I think it's going to only enhance. And I think that's what my audience was saying. The people commenting is that like, look, AI is going to be great, but we're going to crave and want reality. We're going to want human to human interaction. All right. A few, uh, just a few other things here just to point out, I think are, uh, you know, we're talking the future here. So viable holographic displays anywhere and anytime. Wouldn't that be cool? I love Star Wars. Although I wonder, always wonder why the Star Wars universe, their resolution on their holographs didn't get uh, higher, but who knows? Uh, we've got human sight expansion to the ultraviolet spectrum. Maybe, maybe it's from all those videos we're watching. Increased consumption of video via augmented reality. We just uh, recently, Apple announced their Apple Vision Pro. So maybe, um, you know, you can have your own opinion about that. I've got some thoughts about it, but maybe that's a reality. Maybe that is something that will be more augmented reality and video will be appearing more often. And that might be a good thing or maybe it'd be an intrusive thing. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. Uh, let's see here. Fully interactive video allows learners to participate in virtual reality environment. Maybe can maybe in fully video becomes easy to, to automate in that kind of way. Um, more interactive hotspots overlays call to action. I think we're we're pretty good there, but we'll see more. And 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 a lot more. So I I highly recommend again a link to the post in the, the show notes. But go check it out. And I'd love to hear from you. What is it that the future holds for video uh for the purposes of the workplace? Is there something that I should have mentioned, or is there something that you didn't hear that you're like, no. This is definitely the direction video is going to go because I'd love to to know that. I mean, I would love this. There's things I would love to see. I would love to see that I shoot with my camera and I'm getting multiple different formats and feeds and I can easily put it all together for whatever platform because the platforms are dictating what format it goes in, right? We're on YouTube. We're going to get a, a horizontal format, those kind of uh, 
16 by 9 uh, view. That makes sense. But if I go to Instagram, if I go to TikTok, they're really catering to the mobile crowd. And if I'm not shooting in a mobile format, you know, then I gotta, I gotta do some work. But maybe I'd love a life where that's just maybe a lot easier or we could just settle on the circle format. I'm making that up. I don't want a circle format, but I do think there's value in, in understanding like, hey, maybe the future could bring us as creators, make that a little easier kind of to multi-purpose our content. So, well, I, whatever the future may bring, I'm so glad that you're with us. I'm so glad that I can take some time in the summer month just to give you some ideas about the future of video. There's a lot more from my presentation I can share about. If you're interested, I'd love to to share it with you guys uh, a lot about, I think, the past of learning and video. We've seen a long history of kind of video being used here, and especially in the United States. I think, you know, we look at what the research is saying and kind of the best practices. Sometime we'll have to, we can go through some of that research, and I think that would be valuable. But what I'd love is, again, go to LinkedIn, add your thoughts to what is the future. You can always like and subscribe on YouTube, add your comments in the YouTube feed. If you're on YouTube, if you're in the podcast, you know, email us, the visual lounge at techsmith.com. I'd love to read what you think, again, what you think is the future. Now, I do have a favor to ask. At some point in the future, we are going to be having a 200th episode. We're still a little ways away. Hope to get there. But I want to start thinking about with you, kind of, you know, your best tips and practices. What is a tip you would give my audience, the Visual Lounge audience, you? What would you share? So start thinking about that. In a, in a future episode, I will talk about what we're going to do to collect those. And we'll put an episode together, hopefully for episode 200. That I think that would be pretty cool. Of the best tips and practices from you, the viewer. And of course, you know, if you like what you're hearing, please like, review, and subscribe. That does help us. That really, really helps people find it. We want to we wanna get the word out about using images and videos in the workplace for everybody. And we know we're not there yet. So if you can do that, that'd be great. And share it with your friends, share it with your colleagues. Let them know if there's something that you found helpful. All right, everybody, that wraps up today. I know kind of a shorter episode, but I hope that's okay. Hope you like the, the format of talking about the future. Uh, more to come, I'm sure, because the future is ever evolving. We'll be having great guests coming up later this month talking about things related to, of course, using images and videos in the workplace. With that said, we hope you take a little time every single day to level up. Thanks, everybody.